Welcome to Spring of Life. My name is Mike Luzinski, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I'm so glad you're taking the time to grow in your faith through scripture, preaching, and the conversations on our podcast. Do you have questions about the Bible? What is the Bible? Why bother reading it? How do I make sense out of difficult passages that are hard to understand? And how is God speaking to us through the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Over these next weeks, we'll explore those questions and more. Our scriptures this morning come from Deuteronomy, Luke, and Romans. We'll start with Deuteronomy 5, 1 through 5. Moses convened all of Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of the fire. At that time, I was standing between the Lord and you to declare to you the words of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire and did not go up to the mountain. Our second scripture comes from Luke 1, 1 through 4. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down, handed on us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. I, too, decided that after investigating everything carefully from the very first to write an orderly account to you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. And finally, Romans 4, 1 through 7. What, then, are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works trusts him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. So also David speaks of the blessedness of those to whom God reckons righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose inequities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. This is the word of God for the people of God. So today we continue on in our series called Making sense of the Bible. Maybe you're like me and you've read this book and you've been perplexed. You've been shocked at some of the things you've found inside of it. Or, or maybe you're just curious to learn more. Well, over these three first Sundays in August, we're going to continue our deep dive. You might remember last week, we talked about why read the Bible Every Christian you ask would tell you, yes, read this book. 
But when it comes to us actually doing it, many Christians just don't. And so we have to say, why? Why do we read this book? We read it to know God. We read it to correct ourselves from sin. We read it to be equipped to do the good works God is calling us to do. That's our foundation of why we read this book. Today after church, uh, we're gonna have what we call a third grade Bible class. This is essentially Bible 101 for all of our uh, children as they progress and grow and learn their faith. And as a part of that conversation, we're gonna talk much more about the Bible, but I wanna ask a question to the kids uh, right at the beginning. Who can raise their hand and tell me something you know about the Bible? Tell me a fact about this book. Raise your hand and tell me something you know about the Bible. There's a lot of different facts we know about the Bible, like the number of books. Yes. Bible means books. Yes, exactly. That's a good, that's a good one. Yes. It comes from the word biblia, which means book. Yep. Any, uh, any other facts that you know about the Bible? Raise your hand. Yes. You're right. There's 66 books in total. Was that the one you were thinking of too? Yeah, you were thinking of the same one? Yes. Exactly. There's two parts in the Bible. Who can tell me the two parts? Raise your hand and tell me those, the two parts. What's the first one called? Yes. The Old Testament. And then what's the, the other one called? Do you know? The New Testament. Very good. What were you going to say? Ah, that, that God wrote the Bible, that God inspired the people who wrote the Bible. That's good. Any other things we know about the Bible? These are great. You all know a lot about the Bible. I'm impressed. You know a lot. And so the main question that's going to guide our conversation today is simple. It's what? What is the Bible? So I want to start with a fun multiple choice. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. So what is the Bible? Raise your hand. Option A, yeah, we can vote as we go through these. Who believes that the Bible is a library of books? Raise your hand. Okay, lukewarm, few. Uh, the word of God, B. Okay, more. All right, uh, the stories of God's people. Proceed. All right, I see it. That's second place right now. And then D, a means of grace. Oh, all right. All the good Methodists. Okay, good. Well, all right. We'll add one. E, all the above. Okay, you're right. This is a, a trick question. The Bible is all of those things. That's, that's why it's sometimes hard to answer this question because the Bible is so many different things in one. So over the course of the, the message today, we'll talk about each of those. We'll circle back on them. And so when pressed to write a one-sentence definition of the Bible, here is what I came up with. The Bible is the story of God, of the people of God, and of the redemption of all. That's a one-sentence summary 
of the good news of God in this book. And our scripture passages today, one from the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, one from the Gospel of Luke, and one from the letter to the Romans, illustrate this journey that that we see in the Bible. So we'll start by looking in Deuteronomy. This is the preface to the Ten Commandments. God giving the law to the people through Moses. And Moses speaks to the, ten, to the people of Israel and he says, or this is what verse one of that passage says. Moses called all the people of Israel together and said, listen carefully, Israel. Hear the decrees and regulations I'm giving you today so that you may learn them and obey them. The Bible simply teaches us what's God's way and what isn't. It teaches us about who we are and the law gives us a metric to hold ourselves up against, a measuring stick to realize if we're in line with what God wants or if we're out of step with what God wants. But it's not just a measuring stick. There's more going on here. This is done in the context of relationship. So it's not, are we living up to the standard of perfection? It's, are we living up to what it takes to stay in relationship with God? We see this carried forward in verse two. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Mount Sinai. That term covenant is relationship. We often use it most frequently nowadays in terms of a marriage relationship. We call it a marriage covenant, a marriage relationship. God has this type of relationship with the people of Israel, and that's what allows us to become a part of the redemption story, which we'll circle back to later. All right, we gotta keep going to the gospel now, Luke. The beginning of Luke is written in a very interesting way. The the gospel writer was writing to an audience of people who didn't know God and using the conventions of the ancient world to communicate that. It's almost hard for us as modern Christians to imagine all these stories circulating about Jesus, of people who had been with him, who had known him. Actually, it's probably not that hard to imagine a a media circus of stories, but the ancient version. All these stories about Jesus, and it's hard for them to filter out what is true And what's just noise? And so the author of Luke sets out to write an orderly account from eyewitness testimony for his friend Theophilus. Why? So that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So you and I can know the truth about God. To know who Jesus really is. And the Gospels give us the clearest picture of who Jesus is. What an incredible gift. So if I want to pause here for a second and say, maybe you're sitting here today and thinking to yourself, Mike, I'm not a Bible nerd like you are. I haven't read this whole book. Where do I even start? I'm glad you asked. If that's you, Start what one of the Gospels. My personal favorite Gospel is the Gospel of Luke. You can listen to it on an audio book in about two hours, or you can read it. 
and see who Jesus is throughout this book. The God who continually invites the people who were not invited to the party. Hmm. That tells us a little something about who God is in Jesus Christ. And so start there if you're maybe a little intimidated by the thickness of this book. Romans now. You might remember that the book of Romans is a letter authored by Paul to a church that is trying to figure it out. How do we follow Jesus in community? Paul reminds the church in Rome of the foundation of the good news of Jesus Christ. He raises the question, what did Abraham discover about being made right with God? And he answers that question. For the scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Ultimately, God is the one who gives grace. And even though we mess up, if we believe through faith and we ask for forgiveness, God will welcome us into relationship. We find our salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And the story of that is wrapped up in this book. But part of what Paul was saying to the community of Rome is that this wasn't just a newfangled thing. This is something God has been doing starting all the way back in Abraham, working through every generation up until today and continuing to work through coming generations. This is the amazing story of God's redemption that you and I are all woven into. And so to summarize, the Bible is the story of God, of the people of God, and for the redemption of all. And so I wanna show you a stained glass image from a church uh, that really captures that. Yeah, this is, it's a lot bigger in real life. I actually went, this is a Methodist church in Kansas and they have this as their stained glass window. And so I wanna point out something to you on this. This image is a visualization of the Ark of the Bible. And you might say, what? <laughs> no way. Well, let me, let me talk you through it. So you see the top left. Kids, what color are the leaves on the top left? Yellow. And what happens to trees with yellow leaves? The, the leaves normally do what? They fall off. It's either winter or the tree is dead. And so the left side is a depiction of the fall of humanity in Genesis, where sin and death enter the world. And then we see someone standing in the middle. Kids, tell me, who's in the middle? Jesus, of course, it's Jesus right in the middle. And we see the redemption that God authors through Jesus Christ bursting forth from the tomb. You see those rocks right behind him and the cross beside him, that's Jesus. And then we have Another tree on the right. What color are the leaves on that one? They're green. And I don't know if you can see it, but there's a lot of fruit on that tree too. That garden, it looks perfect. And it kind of reminds me of the garden in Revelation 22 when the heavens come down and 
earth is perfect again and people live in harmony with each other and God, much like the very beginning of Genesis. And so in this picture, we see the redemption story of the Bible and how God is working through people to make that real. So I want to circle back to our, to our uh, multiple choice question that I set you up with. Uh, what is the Bible? A library of books. This library has 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament that add up to 66 books. And all within this book, we have books of different genre, books like Deuteronomy that feature a lot of law, organized God's way, books like the Psalms that feature poetry and music, books like 1 Samuel that tell history and stories of of kings and, and amazing adventures. We also see the prophets, prophets like Jonah, who didn't really want to be a prophet, but God used them anyway. Prophets like Ezekiel or Elijah. Then we see the letters written to all the churches that are pretty dysfunctional, if we're being real. Uh, Paul is authoring these letters to try to help the churches figure it out. And we also see apocalyptic literature, which maybe that makes you think of like sci-fi or something like that. But have you ever read the book of Revelation? There's some stuff in there that makes you think, what? What is God possibly saying through this? How do we make sense of this? And all of those different types of books are captured in this book. The Bible is the word of God. What we're really saying when we, when we articulate that is that we believe the Bible is inspired. And to break that down even further, what we're saying is we believe God inspired the human beings who wrote it down thousands of years ago. And we also believe the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that inspired them, inspires us when we read it. And it helps us make sense of it. And it allows God to transform what is just simple words into a story of God that can change our lives. And not only our lives, but the whole world. So when we say the Bible is the word of God, we are affirming the power of the Holy Spirit to use this word to create new life. And the stories of God's people The Bible tells us about who God is, but it doesn't tell us about who God is in a complete vacuum. It tells us about who God is in relationship to regular people like you and me. And we see that relationship with God lived out throughout the Bible. We see it in the story of the Exodus. We see it in the story of King David. We see it in the gospel of Mark with a group of disciples who don't get it over and over and over again. It's pretty relatable. We see it in the book of Acts where God performs miraculous signs and then they fight about stuff that people in the church are still fighting about today. 
And we see the stories of God's people and we can learn so much about God, about grace, but also about ourselves. And then the last one, a means of grace. The Bible is a means of grace. And I wanna define that term. A means of grace simply means it's something God can use to bless us and bless others. The Bible is something God can use to deepen your faith, to change your life. If you read this book regularly and study it, you will become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. This is why we place such a strong emphasis on reading the Bible. This is why every Sunday, every time we meet for worship, we will read this book because we believe the words of life, the stories of God are here. So my challenge for us is very simple. I challenge you to invite God to shape you through this book, through the Bible. Spend time in it. Pick a, start small, pick a, pick a book within this library. You have 66 choices. Pick one book, commit to reading it. Commit to listening to what God is saying to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I'd love to hear about what, what God says to you. I'd love to hear what you learn. I confess I'm a Bible nerd. I'd love to talk with you about the Bible. Or if you have a question, let's reach out and talk further about it. So the challenge is that, to allow God to shape you through the Bible and to be consistently engaged in learning those stories of God. So may we use this incredible gift that God has given us, a gift that sometimes sits dusty on a shelf, but a powerful gift that the Holy Spirit can use to change my life, your life, and the world. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for the incredible gift of the Bible. We thank you for teaching us about you, about ourselves, and about your redemption story. Give us the grace we need to use this gift to be deeper disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have questions or want to talk further about this message, I'd love the chance to talk with you. Visit us online at springchurch.org connect or email me at pastormike at springchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.